Charlie Gladstone here and welcome to my Mavericks podcast. This is episode 31 and it's an interview with Johnny Bowden, the founder of uh, the eponymous global business Bowden. I've known Johnny for a long time, I think probably about 30 years, but I was still very flattered when he agreed to talk to me for this podcast. In many ways, Johnny is the essence of the sort of person that I wanted to talk to when I started this podcast because he's undoubtedly a maverick and he has of course also done incredibly well in following his maverick traits as we discuss. Anyway, Johnny invited me to his vast offices in North Acton on what I think is undoubtedly the first day of spring in London. It's the 18th of April, um, or it was the 18th of April when I went to see him and it was a staggering day. Everyone was wandering around in t-shirts after months and months in parkas and raincoats. Anyway, Johnny's office is absolutely huge and very impressive and they're doing a fair bit of building work. So if you can hear knocking and banging during this, then please excuse that. I quote Morrissey in this interview. I'm always quoting Morrissey. Um, I'm not quite sure whether he's just being an antagonist at the moment or a complete lunatic. But anyway, he used to be a wonderful master of the sound bite. And um, I quote his song title, We Hate It When Our Friends Become Successful in this. I don't hate it when my friends become successful. In fact, I really love it. And especially when I can see how hard, like Johnny, they've worked to achieve that success. Anyway, Johnny and I sat down in his office. I should perhaps just explain, uh, during this conversation, Johnny and I talk quite a lot about Julian. And Julian Granville is a very dear and lovely and clever, in fact, genius friend, who was Johnny's chief executive for a very long time and is now the chairman of Bowden. I think I should just introduce him because he gets mentioned quite a lot and there's some importance in context. Anyway, so that's enough of my ramble. I hope I don't say um too much. People keep telling me I say um a lot and that really annoys me. I don't want to say it. Anyway, with no further ums, here is me talking to Johnny Bowden. I mean, what, what I think is really the, a good place to start yeah. is the fact that you are now sitting astride this enormous building in this yeah. giant um, construction zone. Yeah. And um, it, it's almost impossible for me to understand that you're a real person. I mean, I've known you're, you for a long time, and I think kind. you yeah. kind of, you know, your success in the business world, as well as, you know, home life, has been so massive. Can you kind of just talk to me a little bit about sort of where you are now and how um, big this company that's is? A very, that's a very um, flattering thing to say. I mean, in pure numbers, we are, we turn over about 330 million quid, half our sales are international, um, we employ about 2,000 people, um, we have about one and a half million active customers around the world. We're the second biggest fashion, British fashion brand in America. Um, but the strange thing is that it actually feels very similar to how it felt 25 years ago. I mean, but if happened is the right verb, can you actually believe that this has happened to you? Um, 
it's a, it's a, it, it may sound falsely modest, but actually, uh, I, I can't think of any particular moment um, which marked the change from hobby to big business. It, it, it is, it is simply for me something that I really enjoy doing um, most of the time, and that I'm relatively good at, and I don't really dwell on the scale because the, the important thing to me is the fulfillment and the culture and the happiness of the customers and staff. Uh, and those things are, as I said, the same now as they've always so then, been. Because they're never done, essentially. They're never, they're, that's a very good yeah. point. They're never done. And I think, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm never happy, really, is always something that's going wrong that could be better. And actually, um, growth is terribly rewarding. I mean, I think businesses are like flowers. They either grow or they die. And um, it sounds a slight psychobabble, but there's a kind of personal growth thing in there as well, that each new challenge um, makes you a slightly different and arguably better person, uh, and it's interesting, you know. I, I don't think I know anybody who has sold their business who is happy. Right, because they've let go of their baby. Yes, and I, I think also, um, unless they find something else that's as rewarding, people never seem to find something as rewarding, and that's why one of the reasons why I don't want to stop um, because I haven't found the other thing yet. I'm, I'm sort of working at some other things and they may come to fruition. But um, I also don't want loads of cash. And I've got, you know, I've had, I have an incredibly lovely lifestyle as it is. The idea of having lots of cash scares me, um, spoiling my children, you know, giving it all to charity. I don't know, there are all sorts of big issues that, that I haven't resolved. Um, so it's kind of, business as usual, really. I mean, there's an interesting thing here, isn't there? Because a lot of people resent success, I think, in Britain, or that's an old cliche. Yeah. We hate it when our friends become successful yeah. and all that. Yeah. I, and and I, I feel the opposite. And I think that well, part of that with you is because I know that there are massive struggles along the way. I mean, it yeah. has not... I mean, you're here now and, you know, yeah, yeah. God willing, it's all going to go brilliantly forevermore yeah. and, and that's amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't ever thus, was it? Well, it, I, mean, it, it, I mean, you won't believe it and people don't want to believe it, but it is constantly a struggle. I mean, retail is unbelievably competitive. Um, your customers are very... They're lovely, but they're fundamentally quite fickle. They're unforgiving. If you get the ranges wrong or the service wrong, they will desert you quite rightly. They will punish you. And each season, it's a blank sheet of paper. And in the old days, we would have some styles that we would run for um, three or four years. And that would be, you know, three quarters of the range would be carryover product. And now it's 10%. Yes. But you're, you're, not, you're not essentially... And I'm not sure this is correct language, but you're, yeah. you're more a trend company than a fashion company. Well, that's a very good point, and and actually, we, you know, the big change in in the in the business has been we've had to embrace fashion more and more. Um, but we're not a high fashion brand. Obviously, we 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 nod to trends. You know, uh, we're a bit slow on the uptake, but that's because our customers aren't aren't. 
fashion ready driven. for them. Yeah. So you know, this season we've got a paper bag trouser, which is um, very on trend and it's selling very well. You you uh, you know, women women. Our sweet spot is our our ability to combine style with fun. I mean, I think style is a better word than fashion for us. And I'm I'm giving a talk. We're having a journalist dinner tomorrow night, and one of the things that I feel I'm quite we're quite good at is we so you see lots of clothes on models, and all I think about is does it does she look good in it? And does she feel? Does she feel good? Uh, and that's slightly different thing to is it on trend? Yeah, I mean, I want to come back to this because I know that you've always been really interested in design, yeah, yeah. and I'd like to talk a bit about design in a moment. But, but I mean, you know, you talk about it being a struggle now, and of course, I mean, yes. you know, we all so, know that extraordinary businesses can yeah. go under, and yes. that very few businesses are forever. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, talk me through some of those kind of pre-success struggles. Oh my goodness! I know I mean, they were brutal. Um, so I was def- I've had two burglaries, um, very serious burglaries, which were pretty traumatic. Although at the time, I mean, you know, they, we didn't really go bust on a number of occasions. Uh, we were uninsured. Uh, we, um, I was defrauded by uh, somebody who I, I think I have to uh, keep um, quiet, uh, don't mention his name, but a very plausible chap who was very good at spreadsheets and wore a nice tweed jacket and I thought he's a nice chap and he'd worked at McKinsey's um, and he, um, we were burgled one day and I rang up the insurance broker uh, and this chap had meant to get insurance cover for us and hadn't even spoken to the insurance broker uh, and we lost about £100,000 worth of stock at cost when we weren't trading very well anyway, and he'd organised the burglary. Um, he then went on to defraud lots of other people, and he was convicted of a criminal offence, sort of a civil offence, and there was due to be a criminal trial, but, but there wasn't enough evidence. And you know, that was pretty traumatic. Um, I had to um, put my house on the line. Um, my wife, Sophie, was, had to sign a bit of paper, floods of tears. Um, I mean, we bumped along. Was the that bus- was that to keep the business? I mean, you just again, yeah. knew that the business in your heart I, was going to work. I, I couldn't have been happier. I, I knew that it was going to be fine. Um, I signed the bit of paper quite happily because I knew the thing that kept me going was obviously I was enjoying it, but also there were lots of happy customers, and even yeah. if we were getting a few things wrong, and then we got lovely Julian Granville, who who you know. Uh, and, and we just managed to just make everything a little bit better, and then we got on an even keel. But to be honest, we didn't really make any proper money for 10 years. The, the background to my setting this business up was that I was very, very bad and, and unhappy at my previous jobs. And so to find something that I really enjoyed doing, that was kind of reward enough in itself, actually. Because you, but, you were originally in the city, weren't you? I was in the city, so... Bit of background, so my father was a soldier. Um, he had a very set view on what was considered an, an acceptable job. Uh, and I didn't know what I, I... I was very good at duty. I was a dutiful son. I did Everything was expected of me, but I was never really allowed to be myself by my parents. I didn't really know who I was. and I, So I just went into something that I thought was 
would suit me, but in fact didn't at all. Uh, I wasn't interested in, in the shares. I, wasn't in, I didn't really um, get a buzz out of it. I remember one broker, one of my colleagues, once saying to me that selling a 10,000 ICI shares to a big institution was like having amazing sex. I thought, it just isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. I mean, really, this is really yeah. not great. It couldn't have bored me more. My father, despite his military demeanour, was played the piano beautifully. He could draw. He loved the garden. He beautiful flower arranger. You know, he was a, he was actually a cultured man. And I, as a child, um, would spend most of as a boy. I would, although I did all the obvious things like play cricket and ride, but I was always taking photographs of my mother's friends' shoes. And, and I, mm. my my mm. wall. At my, my bedroom wall was covered in um, photographs, images from, you know, glossy magazines and stuff. And, and, and so I, there was a creativity there. It's which... funny because it almost wasn't allowed when well, exactly. you were at that age, was it? No, I mean, not, not just by parents, but I mean, I've, I've been interested in clothes like you since yeah, I was yeah. at school. And we yeah. were at school together and, and I, you just got teased if you wore anything yeah. other than regulation clothes. No, I, I, I would come up um, to um, Portobello Road from Eton uh, and I would buy, you know, 50p Donegal tweed overcoats. I remember it very... And I had some um, really uh, baggy uh, red linen trousers and some high-top Converse's. And I was teased because I, I looked a bit of a twat and I smoked French cigarettes and I was a terrible... I mean, you didn't look like a twat. You were just trying to express something, yeah, which is yeah. easy to express yeah. for young guys now, yeah. but wasn't really then. Yeah. Um, Am I right in thinking you did some sort of fashion thing for Harper's Yes, I did. I I was... um, So when I was uh, uh, at Eton, I wrote for the Chronicle, a school magazine, and I wrote an article, which I'd always liked to feel was a precursor of the Sloan Ranger handbook, which was about the various tribes of Etonians and what they wore, and there were the kind of goths, and there were the punks, and there were the, you know, the surplus military brigade. And anyway, there was a... I saw, and I was always reading glossy magazines, and there was a thing saying, we're going to do a teenage edition, and um, we're looking for writers, and I sent in this article, pieces they're now called, uh, and, and I got a letter back saying, would you be male, male fashion editor? And I did it, and I remember vivid, I got paid 20 quid, I was so excited, a lot of money, and, my, and I came back to my home, and my father said, bloody stupid job, you know, and that, and that was it. That, that, so there was no possibility of doing anything. Yeah, like it's that. really hard to. As I mean, it is really hard to yeah, escape yeah. that because it's so interesting, isn't it? How we're looking for approval from our parents. Yeah, you yes. don't realise it with your own children. I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I feel but, I'm probably just as bad. But so, so you went into the city, and then you inherited a bit of money yeah, from, so there, from so nowhere, kind of. Absolutely unexpected. I went to America, um, and and two things happened there. One was. I, I noticed all my colleagues were, were buying clothes from catalogues. I thought, crikey, this is um, a bit different and what a clever thing. You haven't got to go shopping and you haven't got time to go shopping. Uh, and then simultaneously, I got, well, soon after I got left some money by a lovely, childless, alcoholic uncle who had much more money than I ever realised. And, and it, it was with that money... Um, I mean, totally thanks to Mrs. Thatcher's um, uh, reduction in inheritance tax. If it hadn't been for her, I would never have got the money. Um, and with that money, I bought a flat and, and had a bit left over. And then I met Sophie, who, who you know, and, 
um, Sophie was pretty fed up with me fiddling around, not, not having a proper job. And I said, well, I've got this idea of doing a clothing business. And she said, well, you better do it or I'm leaving you. Really? <laughs> yes, you did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I did it and you never looked back. And so, 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 so it, you know, it was pretty... Those were the grim times, actually. You know, so having a burglary and nearly going bust was nothing compared to the misery and a really weird detail that you might identify with. I remember uh, Prince Andrew got engaged to Sarah Ferguson and I don't know why this stuck in my mind, but Sarah Ferguson's father, Major, Major Ron Ferguson, was being interviewed about Prince Andrew and he said, well, of course, he's a marvellous chap and he really is good at what he does and he really loves his job. And I remember thinking, God, I can't say that about myself. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, and I, I, I really, it was a big gap in my life that I, I didn't, um, uh, didn't enjoy what I was doing. And funnily enough, going to America was, another important thing about going to America was that in New York, um, everybody talks about their work all the time. And actually, you go out to dinner, and even amongst the expat community, it was all people talking about the deals they were doing. And of course, I wasn't interested in what I was doing. So I, I was no... I was unhappy in myself, you know, I didn't get lucky because the... No get... social currency kind no. of thing. Yeah. No, 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 Isn't no. it weird that lots of people that I'm sure we both know are still doing things they don't really well, love? Well, that's absolutely the tragedy. And it, it's... Um, I, 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 you, sounds, um, you, you may know that I gave a talk to the, uh, the Royal Geographical Society, to the Old Etonian Association, and, and the thing that I remember, the thing that I wish I'd followed through was something that my housemaster said to me, you know, be yourself, obvious, and another Ethan Beek said, um, seek the truth. And actually, I didn't, I didn't follow either of those pieces of advice because I was scared. But actually, you know, who was I? I, I wasn't a natural stockbroker. I was a more creative person. And, and I was frightened of the truth, you know. And, and had, I, had I been more honest about what it was that... Um, excited me, I would never have gone to the city in the first place. But it was very, very painful. But it, but it's 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 very interesting that because I I like you, you know, I think I have the same sort of, I am of, of the same character, fundamentally creative. But yeah. when we were growing up in the system, we were growing up in yeah. there wasn't really an encouragement towards creative. I mean, even no. when I left university, I wanted to go into the music business, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I went to the career centre at Oxford and kind of spoke to them, and they gave me a file on a bloke who'd been a conductor in kind yes. of 1953 or something. The, what, the, the appointments committee, called known as the disappointments committee. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. But um, yeah. but but Johnny, so you start, so your first, and and also I think I'm right in saying that your sort of your character, your business yeah. character, has always been based around kind of. Slight disregard for seriousness. Yes, I mean you've I, never taken. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I can't really speak on quite how it is now, but I mean, there is a kind of. There's always been a light-heartedness to yes. Bowden, which is yes. unusual. Yes, basically um, treating your customers like your friends, uh, not taking yourself too seriously. I mean, I have found, and you know Julian very well, and he's brilliant at this, that actually using humour um, internally, self-deprecation, uh, really to me, at the heart of uh, certainly Julian's character and possibly mine and Britishness, actually. You know, yes. not, uh, not, make, not showing off uh, and, and just making things a bit fun because, you know, life's short and they're only bloody clothes. 
Uh, so but that's unusual in, in your yeah. in, in in your business, isn't well, it? Well, it is very unusual. Because clothes are deadly serious. Yes, I mean, this is you know, I think that's why when the fashion press have never really loved us because we don't we don't really play their game. Uh, and you know, we're, we're designing for our customers rather than from the fashion press. Um, and, and that is, you know, some people, it's quite a Marmite brand. You know, a lot of people think we're a bit silly and, and, and frivolous and, and exactly not very serious. Yes. Presumably, when you are known to be a, an extremely successful business person, someone, yeah. you know, there is, a, there is a sense in which it may be that there is a notion that people are always trying to get a bit of you. Yes, I mean money or time yes, I mean, or advice. I, 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 I don't think about it too much, um, but I would certainly say you know, what has changed in my life. So, I, I definitely, obviously, I've made money. So I, I'm more comfortable, you know, by definition, comfortable financially. But it doesn't make me uh, relax anymore. Um, so that hasn't really changed. But I, do, I think the thing that. Um, I do encounter a little bit of um, envy and people behave a bit weirdly towards me, which upsets me because I don't want to be seen as any different. Um, which, is, th- which is tough, I imagine. Y- yes, it, it is. I mean, it is. I'm not, I mean, I'm not asking people to get their violins out, but I mean, I think if you're, if you're a gentle, empathetic and kind soul as you are and you're sensitive, yeah. then it, it, it can't be that easy. Oh, it's all right for him type of... Yeah. It's all right for him. And of course, I've got to, I don't want anything at all, but, but what I find... The thing that annoys me is that I still work bloody hard. You yeah. Know, I, I, I am, I'm up at six o'clock. I'm working, you know, 14 hours a day, probably, because I work after supper. Mm. I work at the weekends, drive Sophie bonkers. But I still, I work bloody hard still. And, and then I'm also really interested in your kind of, in, in your approach to corporate culture, because everything yeah. that I as I understand it, you've believed in, has now yes. become very fashionable. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, empathy, kindness, fun yeah. in the workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're always someone who I think has naturally tried, to, I imagine, to look after people. Yes. Whether they're people in a room at your yes. house or, yes. you know, yes. lost yes. souls or, or successful souls. Yes. So has that, is that something that's always been here? I mean, it is different. Yes, it has been. It, it, but um, it, you have to be quite careful about this because... Uh, it's all very well saying it, but actually delivering on it is, is, can be very tricky. And of course, there are certain um, you know, corporate behaviours that you have to follow. You, know, you, you, you have to give people notice. You, know, you have to manage them. They have to have proper appraisals. Um, but, but there are, you know, unfortunately, there are aspects of the amateur culture which some people find annoying and we so we have to blend the amateur and the professional um but you can still run a company with kindness can yeah, you yes or, you well or, it's a very good question because we're going through a lot of, we've got a new chief executive um who is wants to change parts of the culture and i've got to work out you know where where i i can um let her do this stuff and where i'm gonna uh challenge her we one of the things that we hate is jargon. We have a list of banned words. Um, you know, there's little things like that. Yes. Um, we have free fruit. I mean, there are people who do this really well, like, like Virgin, uh, and I think we could get better at it. But that it is, I think, to say that we are 
really uh, lovely and um, all the rest of it is slightly okay. wrong. But can you, Johnny, yeah. be your same socially civilised self Yes. With I mean, everyone who works for well, you. Well, I would like to be, and um, if I couldn't, I wouldn't do it anymore. Right, okay. So, so yes, I understand exactly what you're saying, but you can still bring something of your character. Yes. Which is at the helm, yes, on the bridge. Yes, absolutely, and it's... it's um, I, I would really... Uh, I wouldn't do it anymore if I couldn't, if I couldn't. Um, but it, it's 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 a very good question, and it's very much work in progress at the moment. And there are certain aspects of, of change that I am uncomfortable with, and it is very difficult to know. And arguably, the thing that keeps me awake at night is to what extent is that change for the good, and and is it just the fact that I'm resistant to it, or to what extent is that change for the bad, and I've got to stand up and say no. We cannot compromise on that. How much do you think that... See, I, I often think about this. I mean, a lot of that is actually following your gut and your heart, isn't it? Yes. I mean, you kind of... I mean, look, I mean, I employ 100 people. You yeah. employ 20 times as yeah. many. But, but I always find when I've made mistakes, it's, it's when I don't truly believe in what I'm doing or, indeed, what somebody else is doing on my behalf. Yes. Um, that is true, but uh, your gut... Um, can take you to some bad places. So I think, I mean, Julian makes his point very well that an entrepreneur, one of your, the key judgments you have to make is about this balance. And it's the balance between left brain and right brain, between amateur and professional, um, between following your instinct and listening to other people. Uh, and I think it's, it's wrong but to But it's be... an instinct to listen to other people, isn't it? Yes, yes. So to an extent, I mean, I think this is a very interesting thing that you have got... Um, you, you, you've got Julian. I mean, Julian yeah. was your chairman for... Was your chairman if now. Chairman, was, was your um, chief executive, was chief executive yeah, yeah, for a long yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. And he's trained as an accountant and yes. is, a, is a, essentially a creative, but he's a businessman, yes. right? Yes, yes. Um, was that the best decision you ever made uh, to start? yeah. I mean... The most extraordinary thing was that, I mean, he just fell into my lap at the right time. And there were two things about him, are two things about him that make him so, so great for me. One was that we, we fundamentally had the same values. You know, we basically believed in the same things. But secondly, we had very different skills. And that's, you know, that, those, the, those two attributes are critical. Um, and I know a lot of businesses that have struggled because the two people at the top are, have similar skills. Yeah, well, I, I wish I, was, I, I... It's the one lesson that I wish someone had taught me 20-odd yeah, yeah. years so, ago. So I've got... So he never wanted to interfere in my bits and I never wanted to interfere in his bits. But we had this um, uh, very similar uh, respect, you know, very similar values, and we, we trusted each other. Um, you know, I, I, and I've always said I'll, I'll be paid the same as him. Um, uh, I never, ever doubted his judgment, his integrity. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that was real. And I speak to many other entrepreneurs and they have, they're very jealous of that. Mm. And yes. They, you know, I mean... Now, I always think of you two as the, the perfect business I mean, marriage. I, uh, uh, I saw James Dyson the other day and, you know, he, I, I don't think a great secret, he, he, he has had difficulties with his, with his CEOs. Kath Kidson, you know, difficulties with us. You know, a, lot, a lot of people... Uh, have Julian Metcalf. They just 
can't find, or they maybe have got the right person now, but they have had real difficulties in finding the right person. And I hope, and Julian was, was, was great like that. So was that meeting, that was, was that the great moment in, in your Funnily business enough, career, yes, do you think? I mean, the other, I mean, the great thing about my, when I interviewed Julian, one of the things that I like doing in interviews is sort of setting the interviewee a rather difficult task. So he came into our warehouse and I'd been, I, in those days I was answering the telephone all day, I was checking all the deliveries in and I literally had not moved from my desk for 10 hours and he came in to be interviewed at 8 o'clock at night and I said, okay, uh, there is a delivery of shorts from Hong Kong in the warehouse, here is the packing list, can you check all the boxes, I'm going to the gym, I'll be back in an hour. That was, that was quite a ballsy thing to do. Well, well you know, but I just... I, I, I have this other thing with creative people, and I, because I don't want anybody ultimately to challenge my taste. I mean, I, you know, they challenge it, but they, ultimately I'm, I, I have the final say. So I was, so another chap came in, and he was wearing... A, he came in a suit of tie, and I said to him, what would you say... I've really enjoyed meeting you, but what would you say to you if I told you I thought your tie was revolting? <laughs> And he burst out laughing. Okay. So that was fine. Yeah. But it's when you get the ones who kind of, you know, really get upset. Um, so I, I, and Julian checked the boxes. They were fine. Uh, the shorts, you know, kind of, and, it, and I didn't, that was it. Didn't it didn't. You talked earlier about, you know, the glossy magazines on yeah. your bedroom wall and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You've always been interested in, in design and taste, yeah, haven't yes, you? Yes, yes. I, um, I wasn't properly trained... Um, Funnily enough, I, and I, when I first started the business, I was chief executive, and I didn't, I wasn't a very good manager because I wasn't very patient. And you know, entrepreneurs are kind of unstable, and they, they, they are impatient, and they're, they're irrational, and they have favourites, and they're emotional, which are all the skills you don't want as a manager. You know, and, and so there, I realised quite quickly I was a shit manager. And then I, then I um, became chairman, and I realised I wasn't any good at that either. Uh, so I'm now creative director, which I'm sort of... I've, well, really, what I've done all along, and I'm, I'm not that good at it, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, and so the things that make me most excited are uh, looking at product and um, colouring things up and going shopping and looking at imagery and designing a shop, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's what... And I, I had a load of creative directors in my period, and I felt, well, actually, I could do it myself, really. Well, and, and also, in many ways, you are the only person who can do it. Well, I mean, I've got a... It's, it's a it is... I, I know this sounds a bit cliche, but it is a team thing. And I've got a fantastic team oh, of Of course, people. in a business of this size, I understand. I am the final decision-maker. Yes. And have you always been confident of your taste? Um, yes, I mean there are certain areas in the in the creative process where I have no. Uh, there are some bits of creativity where I don't have a strong opinion. I, I totally relaxed and I let them go. Um, but in terms of product, photography, um, you know, most of the visual, awful word, touch points, I am I am quite confident, and I can see. Um, an image that's you know, better than another or a, or a colour that's better than another quite quickly. It's just an innate thing. Yeah, so this I morning think. I was in 
children's wear accessories um, for next spring. And, you know, they've got, I've got a fantastic team. The mini team is amazing. And I've been looking at these things for 25 years. And, you know, you, you see um, seven stripes and you have to choose four of them. And I can get, I can get, it, quite, I get it quite quickly. Yeah. And it's also commercials. So you're saying, well, you know, you need a navy and white uh, and you need a grey in there somewhere. What are your sort of two wild, wild card colours? Um, and, uh, but, I mean, I sound as though I'm rather amazing, but the fact is... <laughs> The fact you is are. that all you have to do, you know, as long as you get six out of ten right, and, and you're always going to make mistakes. How do you keep your antennae out for this kind of massive taste? I mean, do you spend a lot of time wandering streets around the world? You're, you're, um, I think you need to, to train yourself. You know, you, I, I couldn't just sit at my desk and start drawing. Um, I may use to look at books, but now it's, a, it's a, you know, the web is so fantastic for stuff. And you can just, when you see something on Pinterest or whatever, do you just yeah. think, I, I, this is right, I yeah. get this? Yeah. 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 So, so I would say I would probably pin one in uh, 50 images I look at. Yeah. Um, but... Um, and that's how you keep your antenna yes, out, is Yes, it? Yeah. And also I've got my children um, are fairly um, uh, prolific in the, the, on the taste department. And, and also I've got... A team. You know, How I've old are the, the girls roughly 23, now? 23, 21. Okay. And I, but I've also got, I've got a fantastic team, Charlie. My, my team are amazing. And they, you know, they're constantly showing me great stuff. Um, your job is taste. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, you're, you're, I, I have no doubt that everything in here is extremely well, well considered. Well, to be honest, this room, I'm not very, this, I'm, I'm redesigning this room. Um, but I do buy a lot of art, which upsets her because we've, we've run out of wall space i'm constantly in galleries um oh yeah you've got a huge folder of so that that's that's a, that's a rather that's a bedroom watercolor but that was you know 50 quid um this is a, 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 a amazing artist who just died sadly called edward beale okay that's lovely yeah yeah um so I, you know i do there is a lot of there's a lot of stuff, stuff. And, I, and I buy lots of clothes, you know, I'm, ter yes. I'm terrible. Do you? Do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do, do you not feel obliged to wear both? Well, I time? do, but I also, you know, I, I will see, um, uh, you know, there's, I, I get quite a few suits made. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, my daughters are having a 21st um, party this year and I'm getting a, um, a pink suit made and... Um, Who's making that? Uh, I don't know yet because okay. I might get two made and I just think <laughs> uh, one in linen and one in velvet and wait to see wait to see what the weather's like yeah I'm getting uh, uh, there's a yeah I'm getting my, I'm painting my horse pink um, yeah there's going to be a bit of an, okay. a, a, a bit of okay. an event there's going to be a Tim Walker moment okay in, yes in the middle of the party yeah it, yeah sort of yeah, a Tim Walker with um, sort of a bit of Studio 54 perhaps exactly, kind of, exactly yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think you know it is quite annoying for her but then you know I defer to her you know she's got fantastic judgment Sophie and fortunately my children have got it as well which I kind of sometimes don't always have but isn't isn't living with someone about this thing and it's not I don't see it as about concession I see it about 
figuring out over time who's better at what. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I always say about Caroline and I that she does the colours in uh, at home brilliantly, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I buy the crap. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it kind of works. Yes. I mean, yes. you know, and I think over time she's just yeah. accepted that she w- might not quite do it like that, but yeah. actually it seems to look good. And, yeah. You know, yeah. so that's all right. And actually, it's not worth killing yourself over, is it really? What do you do to kind of get your head out of the office? What are your things? That's a very, very good question. That's what I'm... So I've, uh, I, um, I struggle with that. I mean, that, that is... Uh, I think anything that involves, uh, you know, almost killing oneself is a good idea. Right, so, OK. So riding, jumping big hedges, uh, absolutely, you know, terrifying... Uh, in out of very deep mud in the middle of the winter because you can't think about anything else. You, can't, you have to concentrate really yeah. hard. Uh, that that is good. Um, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, alcohol is very helpful. I, I, I do love uh, you know why I, I love the sea. Um, I love the Mediterranean. Um, you know, but you're pretty much always thinking about work, are you? Do you? Pretty much. I've got, I've got a lovely farm uh, and we've got a huge... I've put a lot of um, the ground to, down to wildflowers and that's a lovely project. It's a lovely project. Much harder than people think it yeah, is. Yeah, very hard. Yeah. 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 Um, you need poor soil, basically. You, you yeah. have to start. People think... I mean, you get these little packets of seeds that oh, say yeah, scatter yeah. them around and it'll all grow in wildflowers. It doesn't work at all. Well, basically. what you've got to do is you've got to take all the topsoil away. I mean, that, right, you've okay. got to just sow it on chalk. You know, or, 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 is that or, a recent interest, sort of, you know, conservation? My, my, my or... father was very keen on, on gardening. And Sophie does the, the form, the smart garden, and I do the kind of, you know, the wilder bits. So that's something. I love horses. Um, I love my... Ch- I mean, my children. But, but actually... Um, and travel, you know, when I can is great. But it is... It is all... I mean, you are either in or you're out. Mm. I mean, you know mm. this, don't you? And, uh, I do, yes. I mean, I, th- uh, I think, but I think it's easy if you, if you love it. I mean, people yeah. ask me if I have a side project or a yeah. hobby. Actually, I think this podcast is my hobby, but, yeah. you know, I, I don't really need one. Oh, because, music. I mean, you're, you oh, yes, music. music. Yes, so, I, you know, I love I always it. think about Groovers in the Heart. I remember that very well. I because that, you yeah. brought me that record yes. about 30 well, years ago. I, I'm, I'm um, I, as I'm sure you have, I, I love Spotify. And, do you buy and I, records or CDs or digital? No, I do it all digital now. I think you I should mean, get into records. Yeah, I've still, I've still got it's, lots of it. It's yeah. such a great... I mean, I've yeah. now stopped buying CDs, and I, yeah. I, don't, I do listen to digital music, yeah. but the, the, I, I know it's the oldest cliche in the book, yeah. but it's something magnificent about buying records. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a hi-fi guy at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, my speakers are pretty shitty, and my, yeah, yeah. my turntables are quite mundane, but... Yeah. I love still buying records. Yeah, yeah. So music is still a thing. Music is music. Yeah, because there was a time when you considered going into music. Well, I had a I had a record label. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a disaster. I mean, you know, they saw me coming as a white (laughs) middle class boy. uh, You know, really rarely took drugs, and then being surrounded by these sort of really scary. People. I did not enjoy the music business. Did you not? No, no. no I mean, I, you, you I, I. Well, I love. I loved music, and I met some two or three, no, half a dozen people who I'm still in touch with, who I like very much, and I like some of the bands that I signed. Yeah. But I, I, I think that was a. It was an odd thing because I was employed rather than self-employed. I was never really. 
I think it's different when you really, yeah. you love, you're surrounded by people who love the product. I yeah. just had no one there who really seemed to like music. No. They like being in the music no, business. No, Most of them. I can completely... Anyway, on, on, I brought you a present, which is, what can you buy for the man who has everything? Oh, Charlotte, well, the answer so is spirit level. You didn't even have to bring me anything. I didn't have to, but I wanted to. That's very, very I kind. I went into Conran, actually, and um, as usual, the product is amazing. The service is pretty... Yeah. Um, Shaky, but um, so what are you spending most of your time doing there? The well, I'm, I'm to be honest with you, um, a thing that's really yeah. interesting. I mean, I'm doing lots of I'm doing all the things that yeah, I normally yeah. do. The thing that's really interesting is this festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. If we can get that right, you see, we looked at that. We could we, 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 we could really make it work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we've we've found a, a niche, yeah, and yeah. I think that niche, you know, people are people are sort of rapturous about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, literally, yeah. if you look on the, um, on the hashtags for it, yeah, you will yeah, just yeah. find 100% yeah. enthusiasm. So it's, and it's, it's really good. Partly music. It's, it's basically, it's, its unique proposition is that it gives equal billing to music, the great outdoors, craft, yeah, food, yeah. ideas. Yeah, yeah. So it's, not, it's neither a literary festival, nor a food festival, nor yeah, a music yeah. festival, but the quality is there throughout. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, thank you very much to Johnny for that conversation. That was wonderful. I really enjoyed that. We talked about uh, a record called Groove Is In The Heart, which was by D-Light. And Johnny gave me that record, I suppose about 30 years ago or something. And he absolutely loved it. I, I like it, I don't love it, but he, played, he came to stay with us in Scotland and then played the record on loop. And to this day, whenever I hear that record or someone discusses it, I think of Johnny. So I think we might just play out with a little bit of delight and grooves in the heart. So thank you very much to you for listening. Thank you very much for being a supporter of this podcast. Please, if you can, rate me on iTunes if you feel like it, if you want to say something nice. Thanks again to you. Thanks to my friend Jim Friend for the editing. And I will be back very soon with another podcast. Thanks. Bye.
Sing about the groove. Singing. The groove is in the heart. 